The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 121st episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how you doing? I am doing well. Uh, this has been this is the first week of having college and NFL football. I'm excited, and I just got through watching WWE Raw. Pause, skip about a minute if you don't want spoilers. And new WWE champion Etor. I think that's yeah. His name is Etor, aka Big E. Big E Langston, he lost his last name. But yes, he cashed it in on a somewhat injured Bobby Lashley to become your new WWE champion. That means two-thirds of the New Day have been not only champions in the WWE, but WWE champions. I know this is an AEW podcast. Feel free to skip ahead. But as a big fan of Big E since he was in NXT... I am very excited about this since he almost broke AJ Lee in half by slapping on her back. And she, he was there when Dolph Ziggler cashed in his title. It's just awesome because I, I, I was one of those people when I thought the big, when the new day separated or kind of went their own way that they were all going to get buried. I'll be honest. That's what I thought. And it didn't happen. Yeah, it's nothing but amazingness. I'm so happy for Big E. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, so yeah, I'm so happy that happened. Regardless of this being an AEW podcast, when that ha- when something cool like that happens in WWE, we will always tout about it because it's always awesome. I'm also just kind of panicking on off the side because I have Monday Night Football on and I might lose fantasy football this week if uh, Justin Tucker, the kicker of the Ravens, makes anything right now so i could be in a lot of trouble so you will probably get my raw reactions while we're doing this uh aew podcast because i just can't look away from it but regardless of that because that's a side thing we've got a lot to talk about we have just come back from all out weekend it's aew dynamite and aew rampage time we're getting ready to 
moving towards full gear and all that. So we've got a lot to cover. But before we get into the entire show, I want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Really means the world to us. You can leave a rating and a review. If you're so inclined, you can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. But the easiest way to support us is on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex, are the guys that make this show possible. And they have a bunch of other shows on their network. Check those out. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Now, big news of the week is um, just coming off of All Out and everything. But yeah, I actually I didn't. I actually didn't finish the big news of the week. Uh, the big news of the week is the Suzuki incident. Yes, the Suzuki <laughs> incident. We see. I saw this on Twitter, and I, 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 I did not. I was not there from when it started trending. So Floyd, I know, has been very much invested in the Suzuki incident being trending on Twitter. So I'll let him take over all this, as I believe Justin T- Tucker is going for a field goal, and I might die right now. So the Suzuki incident. It's actually from Dynamite. Uh, Minoru Suzuki versus uh, John Moxley was the main event of the show. John Moxley came out in his uh, extensive Sandman-like entrance, and because of that, or because of something that happened early in the show, I don't know exactly where it was. The timing got messed up, and they kind of had to rush. They then Minoru Suzuki comes out to his famed Kaze Nihare music. One of the most popular theme songs in wrestling, especially in Japan. They cut the music before the Kaze Nihare part. Now, if you're watching, if you were watching All Out uh, and you saw Minoru Suzuki come out to fight John Moxley, there was this point where he just stopped like in the middle and it's like, Kaze Nihare, and it just got really, really loud. And and it was just like one of the best pops ever, one of the best emotions ever, and it's just a key to his theme. And they had to cut it short. Uh, a day or so later, uh, New Japan fans said uh, AEW caused an international incident by uh, caused the international incident by uh, stopping the music before Kaze Nihare. It, of course, like most things on social media. Uh, it blew up and you have seen all sorts of memes saying how people only thing they can think about is uh is the suzuki incident i have retweeted a few of my favorites why austin the thing that austin didn't want to happen actually happened so i'm gonna let him go through his uh thing right now and just go through a few of the tweets uh it's like uh (laughs) so one was a spoof on CM Punk. It was. It says, I don't hate you, John Moxley. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most people in the back. I want to digest this. It isn't your mistake. I want you to listen to Kaze Nihare. And it just got, it went from on, it has gotten a life of its own. It's been like the best thing ever. I am sorry, Austin. Are you going to be okay? Yeah, the Kaze Nihare uh, Suzuki incident Twitter thing is honestly the funniest thing that I've seen on wrestling Twitter in a while. But I got to take about – give me a minute. Just give me one minute, folks, and I will get back to wrestling. I want to say to Kyle Shanahan from the 49ers, you can absolutely go fuck yourself because why on earth 
would you say Brandon Ayuk is going to be playing in the game and not him have him listed on your injury report just to put him out there and not throw the ball to him once? If I would have had fucking three points, three points from fucking Brandon Ayuk, I would have won this game. That's all I needed. I put him in because I thought he would be good. No, you don't throw to him once in that fucking game. You just throw it to Debo Samuel the entire fucking time. No, instead, I have Logan Thomas and fucking the running back from the Ravens. I can't remember his name, the rookie guy that's replacing J.K. Dobbins. I have them on my bench who have over 12 and fucking 18 points on my bench. Any of those are in my roster, I win. But instead, you let Brandon Ayuk get nothing. No targets, no catches, no anything. If you're not going to use him, put him on the injury report so you don't fuck over people like me. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm I'm actually furious. Like that's so infuriating. Shout out to my friend Noel who hey, he has opted out of the fantasy world because of things like this. Uh believe me, it has happened to me. Every exactly what he has described has happened to me. So it's not like this is like a rare occurrence. I mean, it happens. And it sucks. I mean, it sucks. Uh, man, so this has been a very exciting football game. Uh, I know, but again, when you watch, when you're a fantasy person, you don't really care <laughs> about the football game. You care about what your individual players do. So, yes. So, yeah, uh, Austin lost, uh, Austin lost the game that he probably shouldn't have because he would have played someone else. And that someone else would have got points. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it is a thing that happens. So we are going to go back to talking about AEW now. Can, you, you good, Austin? Did you get that out? I'm, I'm fine. And they're actually yeah. going to overtime now. Wonderful. So Justin Tucker could maybe get more points and make the deficit bigger. I love, I love this. Yes, I'm done. Right? I'm done. So my best friend, his name's Jason. He is like we've been friends for twenty eight years, so we've been friends longer than you've been alive, sir. That's incredible. Yeah, so he is a diehard Raider fan, and he flew to this game, so he just got to experience his team come back. Like they were down fourteen to nothing, and they Ravens kick a field goal with forty three seconds left. I'm telling you. I th- I think Raiders have no timeouts. I'm thinking the game is over. And he just saw them pull off like a less than a minute uh, uh, minute drive to get down to the field and kick a field goal and force the game to overtime. This is like a crazy game. So, speaking of this, uh, I was talking to a friend about uh about Raw tonight. And, you know, they were trying to build it and get you excited about Raw. And I said, I'm going to watch the Raider game. And my friend got mad. He was like, oh, why would you do that? And I was just like, first of all, it's a marquee game. He was trying to talk me out of it, telling me basically the Raiders suck. And I told him, uh, no, this is this is a marquee game, and this is going to be a very exciting game. I called the excitement that we're having right now. I said it was going to be an exciting game. Uh, so, yes. I, I got to actually watch Big E, you know, do his thing. And then I got the Raiders, get to see overtime of the Raiders and the Ravens. While we talk about AEW wrestling, that is our last 
not talking about AEW wrestling for the day. Sorry about that. Uh, we're about to kick it into high gear. Let me kick it back to the host with the mostest, the professional, the voice of a, a voice of all things elite, Mr. Austin Sumowitz. Last side note, Graham Gano, why the fuck are you only kicking one extra point? Do something else for the love of God. You whoa. gave me one point for my kicker. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All due respect, sir. Graham Gano went to the greatest college of all time, so I can't. I don't care. I can't, I can't let you. I can't. I can't let you hate. I can't let you hate on Graham Gano. Moving on, we're going into <laughs> AEW Dynamite, John Moxley Homecoming, which was a really fun show and led. I mean, we literally were getting teased with Minoru Suzuki wrestling in AEW, so it was a wild show to be prepared for. We kicked things off. With Malachi Black. That's one way to hope open up a show. Facing off against the natural Dustin Rhodes. And once again, we had Floyd on the side being like, well, who is the fall guy that always gets his ass kicked that ends up bringing the man Cody back? It's Dustin Rhodes. So I know Floyd had some thoughts going into this match. Malachi Black has just been on a roll, just messing everybody up that's close to Cody, and he's just been a beast. He's been awesome. This match especially was really good. Dustin Rhodes is still great. I mean, every time he has a strong singles wrestling match, like he always looks great. I it's I, oh. I, every time he appears in stuff that's like not singles wrestling, it's I've I, it's fine, and I'm all for it. But anytime you can get this man into a really emotional singles wrestling match i think dustin just always knocks it out of the park he always does well this is not the typical start that you get from aew more normally you get more high spots compared to like more storytelling stuff which is i think what you got a little bit more with this but um dustin just had a lot of uh injuries just being piled onto it i think he had a knee problem that was going on the entire match um i especially loved um the way that um, Malachi Black was able to get the uh, the blackout. I, I, I like uh, I, I think that's what he's calling it. Regardless, they're just calling it the spinning heel kick at this point. Um, but when Dustin uh, was the whole spiel that was going on with the corner ring turnbuckle and how that got exposed, and then Dustin gets thrown into it, gets busted open, of course, and then gets kicked in the head, was a great way for it to finish. Malachi Black has just looked incredible. We did not get a Cody return for this, so. Oh, I got a I got a complete bone to pick without how that handled. But I do have a request from the fans and the people that listen to the show. I have no power. I have no stroke. I completely understand this. But when Dustin wrestles, can we please stop this? You still got it chance. The dude wrestles every week. Did you mean did he lose it? I can see when CM Punk got it after not wrestling for seven years. I can see when an old guy goes away and comes back. But Dustin is a regular part of the roster. Why are we chanting you still got it at him? Yeah. Like, honestly, <laughs> it's, not like it's not like he doesn't like it's not like we haven't seen him do this before. Like this isn't nothing new to us. Like, honestly. It's it's Dustin, I think I I he literally got the you still got it after that insane one-on-one singles match against Cody at double or nothing. And at that point, it's like there's no need to chant you still got it because he already proved he never lost it. Yes, that man, that man is one of the trainers, and he's one of the reasons the women's division is, uh, has been gotten so much better. Uh, they've talked about it. He's a trainer. He's 
I mean, it's in his blood. I, like, he's called the natural for a reason. The, 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 most people, uh, I believe, he said he was one of the most naturally gifted wrestling athletes he had ever seen. And that wasn't just because it was his son. He just seems to get this business really well. He's been doing it for 30 years. There's no you still got it. He never lost it. So, yeah. Uh, great. Uh, like I said, I am all for, you know, getting cheers for Dustin, but it's just like, just cheer him, you, you know, <laughs> just like, Hey, he's great. And, uh, yeah. So, and I go into this with the whole, um, uh, thing. Uh, I was informed. I was informed that Cody is still in the lockdown for the go big show. So I understand it, but what they did earlier, uh, you know, what they did later on in the show, we'll talk about as far as, you know, announcing something. I was like, uh, that was super anticlimactic. You could have done that like a hundred different ways. Yeah, honestly. But regardless, um, still a really good opening match. I'm all for it. Um, we'll move real quickly in. Uh, after his incredible debut match at All Out, CM Punk came out talking about... Uh, his match, thanking Darby Allen, thanking Sting, and he really, he really was like it was getting back into wrestling was riding a violent bicycle and just getting back into everything. And it's just like he's got, he's right back into it. He's right comfortable with it. Uh, talked about everything that was happening. Um, he also gave a great shout out to Brian Pillman, uh, Brian Pillman's mom. I really. Really appreciated that after the Dark Side of the Ring episode that was done on Brian Pillman. It's his aunt, right? Aunt Linda? Aunt Linda, yes. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. So, that, yeah. Go, Aunt Linda. And he says, you're, you know, you're an absolute angel. I just thought that was the coolest thing because it's like a, a reason that I think AEW is going to continue to be successful. That, that was a completely unscripted, off the cuff moment. I'm talking, I see somebody in the crowd, I give them a shout-out. It was such a natural, organic moment that it came off even sweeter because of that. Absolutely, it truly was. Um, and Punk was running through, like, asking people in the crowd, like, who do I face next? What do I do next? Taz gets on the mic from the commentary desk and talks about how he's sick and tired of this bullshit love fest that he's doing. Punk also just goes, like, don't you ever interrupt me again, Taz. Um, and he said, do not mention any members of Team Taz. Punk's response is literally, nobody mentioned Team Taz. And then Taz is like, on radio, in interviews, don't do this, Punk. And he's like, I asked people in the crowd. Not a single one of them said anybody from Team Taz. And he goes, you know what? Since you've, I respect you and I've known you a long time, send Starks, send Hook, send Hobbs, and all four of you, Beat me if I if you can survive if I let you, and I'm just like oh my god because first off, Team Taz is not the first person thing that I thought that Punk would get involved with um, in AEW past Darby Allen, and honestly my first reaction was kind of like eh, I don't know about this, but then I was like Ricky Starks and Punk would be a fucking knockout. I'm honestly interested to see what Hook would do. Hobbs, I think, would be a great match too. And I'm like, honestly, it just this is good things for two pe- for both sides because it gets Team Taz away from the Brian Cage storyline, which honestly people just aren't feeling. It gets Punk working with some really young guys, 
And it's going to elevate all of Team Taz because they're working with CM Punk. So honestly, it's like, while it wouldn't have been my choice for what Punk does uh, after Darby Allen, I'm fine with this, honestly. And I'm excited to see exactly what goes about, goes around with it because I think Ricky... I think Ricky and Punk could do some good promo battles. I think it's just because all of our minds immediately went to like stuff like Punk versus MJF or Punk possibly going for a championship or Punk doing something with Brian Danielson, which we'll get to him later. But yeah, um, my 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 oh, whole boy, thing yeah. my whole thing is I I think everything leads to Punk versus whoever the world champion is next year at All Out in Chicago. I just I think that's where we're going. Maybe even the United Center uh, instead of uh, instead of uh, the now arena. I think that's where we're heading. I mean, ultimately, that's you know that's where we're going. Uh, Raiders won. Yeah. Let me tell you, I literally sent a text message to my friends earlier and guaranteed the Raiders were going to win. It did well, not look what? good. Yes, it did yes, not look good most of the game. <laughs> Guess what, Justin Tucker? That's what you fucking get. When you fuck me over, you get fucked back. I don't think he knew. But I don't care. Okay, so you start back to you start CM Punk with uh you start CM Punk with Taz because there's the lower level heel faction, and then you have places to build to ultimately, which is the ultimate goal. Uh is which is the ultimate goal because where does he go if he elevates now? I mean, there's not too many people booked better than Darby. That means he's world champion at uh at full gear. So you can't do that. You don't want to do that. You're trying to save it. So you start slow. You build up with this slow for you. They got like three different people on the team, uh, on their team. So you you can actually spread this out for a month or two, and then he build into the next feud. And if you notice, they are keeping CM Punk and Kenny Omega and all any of the other top faces or heels completely separate from each other. Yeah, and I think that's good because, honestly, you don't want to blow through all those, fe- those feuds immediately if Punk is really going to be here for uh, a good amount of time, which... All reports are saying that that's the case. He's not just going to be here for a cup of coffee and go through a bunch of big marquee feuds and then go back into retirement. So regardless of that, if you're going to have him for a while, you want to save those matches against guys like Kenny. You want to save those matches against guys like Brian Danielson. You want to save those matches against guys like MJF because we will get those, and they're going to be incredible. But like Punk said, he wants to work with he literally said everybody, but also just like really focusing in on the young guys. And I mean, like Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Hook, especially Hook. Like those are some young guys, all right. So we'll we'll see how this goes. But I'm 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 on a CM Punk high with this whole thing. Um, so really, not, you're not gonna get me to say a lot of bad things about him. So yeah, that's all I got. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, they just ruled that they were one yard short, so the game's not over. Um, regardless, after this was Ruby Soho being interviewed backstage by Tony Schiavone, getting interrupted by Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and Rebel. And this was a great line. Soho talking about how she helped Brittany break in, but now this is her block. And then Britt Baker's response was, why don't you go run away to catering where you spent the last four years of your life? And they just went after each other. 
Well, actually, no. Um, they didn't go after each other, but just uh, Soho. I was thinking of Rampage, I would think. But Soho just goes to Tony and goes, I know she's your friend, but I'm going to kick her ass, which was also a great line. Um, yeah, this feud is everything I want because people love Ruby Soho, and I think if they want to get Britt Baker uh, booed like an actual heel, that is how they would do it. And um, while I think she still works well as a tweener, um, if they're going to go with an actual like heel response, I think Ruby Soho is the perfect person to get that heel response from. Um, but regardless, I still love this feud, and I'm all for it, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think I'm big on Miss Britt Baker. If you want her to be a heel and you want her to get booed, She's going to have to win by nefarious means one of these times. I mean, she just beat Chris Statlander. She just beat Nyla Rose. She just beat the other people she's in. And, of course, if you just win, people are going to cheer you. Uh, but if you, uh, but if you, you know, cheat, like when he, um, when, when we get, uh, whenever she wrestles Ruby Soho, a lot of people think it's going to be September 22nd. Britt's got to cheat to win. I mean, that's what heels do. I know people get tired of the heels. Oh, they got to cheat. I just want to see this guy beat that guy. That's not really how wrestling works. You know, it's you need, you know, to get the emotion, you have to do things that bring emotions to people. Yeah, honestly. And that is just how it's going to have to happen if they're going to want to get a heel response. But um even just from a match perspective i think this is going to be really really good um but moving past this we had team taz in action powerhouse hobbs facing off against top flights dante martin who has been the top of a lot of people's minds in aew just with how crazy he's been this was a really strong match dante martin had a lot of good spots but i think there was a point where powerhouse hobbs got maybe a little bit gassed near the end um, I especially love, though, when Powerhouse Hobbs grabs Dante Martin in midair and then just proceeds to throw him into the post and then just give this mean mug face. Um, Hobbs would end up winning with the Spine Buster to get the win. And um, this was good, I think. This was solid. Um, there, Some stuff I think could have been done better if we're getting on a technical level. But I think this was still good. Um, I appreciate that Team Taz is starting to actually rack up wins on on dynamite actually and on tv instead of just getting them on dark and stuff like that so i really do appreciate that um and if they're gonna go against cm punk honestly they need that but dante martin also i know people are hoping that he doesn't get like mishandled since he got really hot at that one point and i, I think there's just way too much time when it comes to him so i don't think there's like a really i'm about to say he's panic. like 21 years old seriously 22 years old i mean yeah i mean I know when people get hot, I'm all about, you know, going with the hot hand. But, I mean, you want to be able to build a career for this man. If he wins the title at 22, where the fuck do you go from there? <laughs> it's like, where do you go? You know, it's like, I mean, you could put him in a match with Kenny and Kenny could win. Again, where do you go? Snatching failure. Oh, my God. Yep. Did, you, did you just see what happened? Yep, ball gets tipped in the midair, and it's just an easy interception for the Ravens. And now a freaking Justin Tucker can make another field goal and win the game. But you, but you, you lost, right? I I'm don't just... care. Yeah, it's already over. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I'm just mad, just in general, because even if he would make another field goal, I'd still have won if I put anybody else in for fucking Ayuk. Well, yeah. Um, so <laughs> this is why we don't generally do the show during football games. Get the fucking helmet. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, so I know this is normally why we don't have football going on in the background because mm. we just, our minds are going. No, no, because we're super, we're both really big football fans. I know some people are just wrestling people, but we like both. And I, I mean, I cover sports, so I have to like football. If I don't, I'm a crazy person. Yes. So um, back to, like, back to this, uh, Will Hobbs looking really, really intense in this match. I I like him. I like what the, his trajectory. They kind of protect him. You know what I mean? He does not lose a lot. When he wrestles Penny Bunch, anybody lower than him, he kind of dominates. So this was a good win. And the Martin kid, I mean, again, He's primarily a tag team wrestler waiting on his brother to heal, but he has taken advantage of this time to shine a spotlight on himself. So that's good. Yeah. Moving into the next match, though, we had Dan Lambert himself once again in a skybox with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page continuing to be uh, a piece of shit, like just running his mouth saying millennial like every five seconds because he knows it gets people annoyed whenever he just says that for no reason. And he had a, another good promo. Honestly, it's like, this is good. I still like what Dan Lambert's doing, but like we need to actually see Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page do stuff uh, like coming up a little bit closer. Because if it's just Dan Lambert talking over and over and over again, and like we're not actually seeing him and Men of the Year doing anything, I think it's just kind of like, that's it. But this was like, again, Dan Lambert still does great. I love Scorpio and Ethan. So... Yeah, I mean, nothing really much else to say. No, uh, the one thing I'd say, it's just so funny. He loves to scream the word millennial. Millennials, All the time. Millennials are 40 years old now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I think he's supposed to be talking like Gen Z, or he's trying to talk to young people. Like, I, th- I mean, let's see, Dan Lambert. Let me, let me throw uh, Dan Lambert, American Top Team, in here. He's what a few years older than me. I mean, I mean, I don't think he's that old. Um, I can't find his age, but Dan Lambert's not that old, you know. So it's just like when he says millennials, he's kind of talking about people slightly younger than him. He's not talking about you, Austin, because you're not a millennial. No, <laughs> so, I, I like like I said, I'm in the middle of like Gen like, Z and yeah. like. And yeah. all that, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just he's the old man screaming into the wind because I just don't know. <laughs> I'm like, who, who are you mad at here, sir? Who are you mad at? Yeah, <laughs> but moving on from this, though, uh, we got a tease uh, with a, a Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy uh, uh, tease of a possible like hair versus hair match, it seems like, or something to do with Orange Cassidy possibly getting his hair cut by Matt Hardy, um, which, okay. And literally, Orange Cassidy's response was whatever, because of course it was. So we'll see how that develops, because that's really all we got with that. But we got to talk about probably the most talked about thing in the entire episode of Dynamite, besides what happened at the end of the show. MJF. Okay. So MJF lost to Jericho. So now he kind of, like, they immediately decided, you know what, let's move him away from Jericho, since I think Jericho's going to take a break right now uh, from being on TV. It seems like if he, unless he's doing commentary, but he cut probably his most vicious promo since being on TNT. Um, just the most despicable, vile, awful things you could say, including mocking Linda in the front row and fucking Brian Pillman Sr. to the point where Brian Pillman Jr. had to come out and defend him and the, the city of Cincinnati. 
And Floyd, do you want to like kind of run through all the stuff that MJF said? Because I think he just said way too much. Oh, dude, uh, he talked about uh, he called her Methany. What was it? What did he say? Methany. He used her. yes. Yes. He called his sister Bethany and talked about her drug problems and her baby basically saying she doesn't know who the father is. I mean, he went on and on, talked about his dad. Like, it's someone brought this up, and I got to tell you, only thing I can answer is it's the power of MJF because he said things 10 times worse than what Max Caster got quote unquote suspended for. Honest to God, yes. (laughs) But he can't be touched because everybody accepts that this is MJF's character. Like everybody accepts that that's the Maxwell Jake Freeman experience. And nobody no one other accepts that for the other Max. But this was the hillish of heel promos. Like like for me, for somebody that grew up on stuff people saying vile stuff like this roddy piper all the things like that uh growing up with it wasn't it didn't even scratch the surface but when my friends who weren't (laughs) raised like that started breaking down what he was saying i was like oh yeah that is bad isn't it (laughs) because i'm just i'm desensitized to a lot of it and yeah this was a killer promo i actually went back and watched it again because like i said i watched it first and it didn't really you know affect me it didn't move my needle one way or another and so that was that's crazy uh yeah max mjf he gets it and literally the only difference is no one on the internet decided to start a crusade against them that's it yeah that's literally it honestly i mean like i'm like seriously if they did mjf probably wouldn't be on tv this week but you know people just accept that's who mjf is you 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 have to build that kind of cachet and you know he you know he uh you know, he's made fun of people in wheelchairs. He makes fun of everybody. If you ever get a chance, there's a, like a YouTube documentary called Building uh, Building MJF or Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Watch it. This dude's been the same. It has not changed. <laughs> yeah, no, he's been the same person every single time he does stuff like this. And yeah, we just we we expect stuff like this from him, so that's why like no one no one really rose too much about it or were calling for his head because I mean like you're calling the it's calling the kettle black. Like what else did you think was going to happen? So anyways, after uh Griff Garrison and uh MJF, MJF beat up on Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. with Wardlow, which also teased a possible Wardlow turn right then and there, but not yet. We're going to get it eventually, but even still, I'm I'm waiting for that. I'm truly waiting for that. There's touchdown Raiders, Raiders win. There we go. It's over. And I, I was convinced no one wanted to win this game. Yeah, really nobody wanted to win this game, but there it is right there. Wide open pass. Then we got the debut match in AEW uh, on Dynamite for Ruby Soho facing off against Jamie Hayter. And it was good. It was really good. Ruby Soho uh, gets the win on uh, Jamie Hayter. And after the match, she gets kicked by uh, Britt Baker, Rebel, and Hayter. And Riho comes out to save. um, But then Chris Statlander comes out to save. And then they retreat. Um, 
Yeah, I, I like this a lot. Seeing Riho come for the save honestly made me smile because I didn't expect her to do it. Um, and yeah, Jamie Hayter, I think, also has a lot of upside, too. I think seeing her more will um, honestly uh, get a lot more people on her side for like, oh, no, she's actually really good. Um, but um, yeah, Ruby Soho yeah. is looking really, really good in AEW. This was a good match. Uh, you know, you kind of tell they weren't super familiar with each other. Uh, Jamie Hayter, since uh, we've been back, since uh, we, since you've been back, uh, the Jamie Hayter thirst has grown uh, online. Uh, Myself included? Yes, the, uh, the thirst is real. So, yeah, that moment where she finally has enough of rich shit and turns on her, uh, I don't know if it's uh, like six months from now, a year from now, the pop is going to be massive because she has a fan base. And, you know, uh, already, already she has loyal minions. You should have saw her line at the Fan Fest. She's got a crew. Uh, So, um, yeah, uh, so match was good. She's serving her purpose right now. I'm really loving the brick-by-brick mentality of the women's division. And these are two bricks added over the last month that is going to help build this division. All right, well... After this was the trios match between the Pinnacles, FTR, and Sean Spears versus the Dark Orders, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and John Silver. This was another really good match, but honestly, the only thing I can even think of is uh, what happened after, which was when Sean Spears pinned John Silver with the Death Valley Driver, and it was all because of miscommunications from the Dark Order, and then... Evil Uno shoves John Silver, and then they start fighting amongst each other. And Anna Jay and Ty Conti are just watching as these guys are just falling apart. And honestly, I I just I like this did exactly what what it what they this did exactly what they wanted it to do because I was like I was like Anna, you got to get in there and fucking fix this shit because I cannot deal with these guys falling apart at the seams. I'm like, please, for the love of God. Get these people in therapy because I can't have the Dark Order falling apart. Like, I just can't have it. Um, it did what it needed to do, honestly, because I just, I can't, I don't like seeing the Dark Order fall apart because I just, I think they're great. And, um, yeah. And also, big win for the Pinnacle, too. I'm glad that they racked up a win with Sean Spears and, Kat and FTR because I think the Pinnacle um, needs a little bit more gas just to give them a little bit more extra push towards being um, a formidable faction. But regardless, yeah, this made me sad. Yeah, um, that didn't really make me sad. It was, uh, it was great. <laughs> no, um, the Dark Order, they need a leader. I, I know they don't like to say, we don't need a leader. We don't need a leader. We don't need a leader. Yeah, I mean, I mean. I mean, it's obvious that's where this story's going. I don't know who the leader is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Adam Page. I don't know if it's going to be one of the rumored wrestlers coming. But this is clearly like they are clearly, you know, a bunch of people without direction and they need a leader to get them that said direction. It just seems like AEW uh, doesn't really lead you on a way with the story without a conclusion, and that just seems where this story is heading. Yeah, and I think really, it just... <sighs> I'm just 
thought they've needed it for a while. I thought yeah. they were directionless for a while. I mean, Very true, but I mean, like, that was directionless when they weren't doing stuff with Hangman. When they yeah. were doing stuff with Hangman, they had a direction, but now that Hangman's on break, they didn't have a direction, so this is really all they could do. In reality, this is exactly what they had to do for them to give them something um, while Hangman was out, since he's technically become their leader, um, just not officially. But regardless, um, doesn't yeah. make it less sad when I see it happen, because I'm like, Why? Yeah. Uno, you're a Twitch streamer who plays video games. Why are you shoving Johnny Hungy? Like, don't do um, it. I, I, I'm all for Anna J being the leader. I've been very clear about that. Number 99. Number 99 for number one. But, yeah, you know, that's not happening. Whoever they put in the position is going to have big shoes to fill because there are very, very few wrestlers, people, personalities love more than what Brody Lee was. Truly. Um, we then had a few backstage segments. First off, we had Tully Blanchard saying he wants Sean Spears to face Darby Allen next week. And then um, not, he also had said before long, Tully would go one on one with Sting. That was a thing I didn't know how to react to when he said that. I was like, excuse me? Like, the fuck? What is this old man saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, Tully, Tully. I love Tully because. Tully is one of those people, when you see in him doing anything, he's just such a natural heel. He's just such a natural wrestler. He was built for this. He would just give anything for that one more match with his old body, you know, like his, like, 30-year-old body because, he's you know, he just knows so much, and he was just so good back then. And wrestling has changed so much now. He just loved to show what he could do with the ring, and it's just like, Yay, but then he gets carried away, and he's like, I want to fight you, Sting. And I'm just like, uh, no, you don't want that smoke. Uh, it's going to be fun, though. It's going to be fun. I love Tully. A man, uh, he's just such a, just a natural person to piss people off. Yeah, 100%. And then uh, we had a backstage segment with uh, Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr., saying he would be facing MJF at Arsherath Stadium. They get interrupted by the acclaimed, making, I think this was their first Dynamite appearance since uh, Max Cassiter got removed off of television, and he said he had a match with Brian Pillman Jr. on Rampage on Friday, which we will talk about when we get to Rampage. And we'll move quickly on to Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Adam Cole, Bebe, and the good brothers Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa and Don Callis. But we'll leave it at that. Adam Cole, Bebe, making his first appearance on Dynamite and getting interviewed by Tony Schiavone. And basically uh, Don Callis building up the elite and also saying the Bucks are going to get the Lucha Bros back and get their titles back, bringing out Adam Cole. And then uh, immediately Adam Cole goes, Tony, I know you're really close with Britt Baker. If I swear to God, if you look at her the wrong way, I will slap your face and knock those stupid glasses off your face. Get, of, get out of our ring, nerd. He kept calling him a nerd, which was just great. And Adam Cole talks about how AEW seems to be the greatest professional wrestling company in the entire world, and it's because of everybody in the ring. The Elite is once again complete, and he builds up everybody and says how great everyone is. And just wait until next week when I make my in-ring ring de debut, and you'll see how elite I really am. And then Brian Danielson's music hits, cuts off Kenny Omega once again at the like they did at the pay-per-view, and... And then he goes like, hey, guys, 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 let me have let have some room for a second. I have a new guest I need to talk to. They get in. Danielson steals the mic away from Omega and goes, 
do you guys want to see Brian Danielson fight Kenny Omega? He's telling me that doesn't work that way here, but you're the greatest wrestler that's ever lived. You're afraid to take this match because you know I'm better than you. I will kick your head in, and you are not on my level. Immediately, Omega gets him in the yes lock. I mean, Omega gets put in the yes lock by Danielson, and he starts tapping out. The Elite jumps him. Christian Cage, the Jurassic Express, and the Elite Hunter, Frankie Kazarian, all come to save uh, Brian Danielson from being jumped by the Elite, and Brandon Cutler is stuck in the middle of the ring with everyone surrounding him, and then he takes a running knee from from Danielson, and then they run off. This is a really great segment, honestly. We got more Adam Cole in AEW just r- talking about the Elite and everything. We got Brian Danielson coming and putting the S-lock on uh, Kenny Omega and getting him to tap out. And yeah, I, I this is there's nothing but great things to say about this. I mean, I'm still I'm still gassed that these two are even in AEW. Yes, this was an excellent segment. Uh, if but if you noticed on Adam Adam Cole's when he gets a point chance to talk, he always talks about how he trusts Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks with his life. Yep, he, he always leaves off two names. Is that on accident? People that actually killed him. <laughs> <laughs> two people that actually poisoned him. <laughs> he always leaves off two names, and it's so crazy. On the episode of BTE today, he's like, just make sure no one knows. <laughs> make sure he, no one tells him how he died. <laughs> it was just yeah. very fun. BTE was hilarious today. BTE was hilarious today. It's like, if I don't cover it one week, I well, generally I just don't think anything's memorable. But today was pretty memorable, so I'll talk about it a little later in the show. Yeah. Honestly, and plus for there was a new BTE champion, so that's plenty of stuff to talk about too. But main event time for AEW Dynamite: John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki. The tour of Japan from John Moxley continues, and this is where we had the the Suzuki incident, um, which we've explained already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even me, I was like, I thought it was just you know, I thought they did it like doing a commercial or something, but man, that mean. That's a part that is a part of Minoru Suzuki's like whole presentation. He comes out, he's murder grandpa, he looks like he looks, he looks like he's going to kill everyone you know. He's he looks like I, 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 I use this uh common phrase, but he looks like the guy in like a Yakuza movie that they don't send unless you're going to die. You know what I mean? By the time they send this man, you're dead. There's no negotiation. There's no paying what you owe. You're going to die. And that's what Minoru Suzuki is. And the thing is, it's this beautiful song. <laughs> you know, it's just... It's such a good song. It's such a beautiful... Like, if you just listen to it, it's such a harmonious song. It just seems like something that you can, can relax to. And it builds, and it builds, and it's like... And, you know, I can't sing worth the shit. I know that. But I still love to sing it as loud as I possibly can because Murder Grandpa deserves it. And he does. Cincinnati didn't get that moment. I'm sorry, Cincinnati. We got it in Chicago and it was great. It was great. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It truly was. <laughs> but the match itself, though, was really, really good. Honestly, a great main event match. Um, Kind of wish it would have gone a little bit longer for my taste, but that's a bit of a just slight 
just a bit of a slight uh, nitpick, I think. Overall, it was great. John Moxley got the win against Suzuki, celebrates amongst the fans after the match. Um, these two just beat the living shit out of each other and like were exchanging headbutts, exchanging chops, exchanging forearms, and then like biting Suzuki's face, Mox once did, and then Suzuki bites him back. Like they just basically tried to kill each other, is what you were expecting to get from this match. I think you got everything you wanted from this match and what you were expecting from this match. So hell of a main event. Still crazy that Minoru Suzuki showed up in AEW. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, this is a great way to cap off Dynamite. And we're going to talk about it later, but it looks like we might be getting a little bit more of him. Uh, I'm just going to say this. If you check out Minoru Suzuki's tour, his Wednesdays are always open. Always. So maybe we get more. Yeah. But that was AEW Dynamite. We'll quickly transition into AEW Rampage, which kicked off with the match that we were supposed to get at AEW All Out, but... We didn't get because of travel issues, because of either uh, missed flights or missing plane tickets or something that was done because of Chavo Guerrero or something like that. We got the match finally, and this match was great. And if it was on out, all out, it would have been up there, I think, with one of the top matches there, too. Um, honestly, because of everything that happened, it probably would have gotten lost on the shuffle. But because it kicked off this episode of Rampage, I think people will remember it a lot more. Um Honestly, really, really good. Andrade just, oh, man. I'm, he's one of those guys, man. I'm just like, I'm so glad he's here because, like, A, like, he's just great. And having a mouthpiece with him honestly helps him. But his English does get better as he's on air, I feel like, more and more. But regardless, just, oh, this match had so many great moves. Pac was doing incredible, of course. Um, Andrade uh, was able to roll up, uh, 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 get the roll, uh, get the win on a um, pack after Chavo hits him with an iPad of all things. Hits pack with an iPad with the referee distracted. Um, after um, Andrade, uh, well Jose comes on the ring and he uh, uh, has to get chased down by the Lucha Bros who kick get stereo thrust kicks in, and that's when Chavo hits him with the iPad. And then after Andrade gets the win, he just chucks freaking Chavo to the ground and decks him in the face and just like. Chavo's looking there like, what the fuck? And then he gets kicked by the Lucha Bros. And I'm just like, man, Chavo, what the fuck, man? I mean, that was quick. He dumped your ass real quick. Um, so I wonder if just Chavo's just going to be kind of like uh, Andrade's beat-up buddy. Two things. Uh, first of all, he yells, I didn't want to win that way. Establishing, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. establishing Andrade is he's not a heel. He just thinks he's the best wrestler, and he doesn't want to win in crooked ways. He he doesn't like it, so we might get another match because that's not how he wants to win. Second of all, I Chavo never got the Chavo Guerrero is all elite thing. So yes, generally when you don't get that, that means you're kind of on a per appearance type of thing. And in the time that he was introduced as Andrade's manager. Some legend got released from his WWE contract that happens to be basically related to Andrade. Hmm. And for all of you that don't know, I'm not trying to be, uh, I I figure everyone knows, but the nature boy, Ric Flair. Now, Ric Flair actually did accompany him to the ring in the the AAA uh, show. So I think that's what they're doing, moving Chavo out the way to put Ric Flair in it. 
I I don't know if Chavo is done with the company, but I would love for him to take on some other wrestlers and be pissed at Andrade and try to take Andrade out because Andrade turned his back on him. I'm just like I'm always I've always been into the soap opera side of wrestling. I love the physical performances. I want ten I want ten ten uh ten star matches and everything. But the soap opera that that's 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 my thing. So I, I hope this leads to something more, but the match was amazing. I really liked it. I, Pac, you know, Pac is one of those people that when I'm listing my favorite wrestlers, I never list him, but he's probably in my top five favorite wrestlers because he's never in a match I don't enjoy. Honestly, yeah. I mean, that's just, Pac is just always in a match that like you always can get into and you he always performs well like he might not be in your like front mind of like top wrestlers but like you can't i really don't think you can ever say anything bad about him and like Sami Zayn is one of my favorite wrestlers and he was in one of my favorite Sami Zayn matches when Sami won the NXT title and if it wasn't for Pack when he was Neville really laying into Sammy and getting him so mad to the point of just like doing everything he could to win and like just saying how every single time he tries to win the big one he chokes like Neville was as much as of of a part of that match as Sammy was to get that match to be so huge and to get the pop for when Sammy uh won the NXT title and then also when he went to shake uh Neville's hand and then he kicks it away and then hugs Sammy so good so fucking good um so yeah pack should oh i i think he should be up there as like a lot of people's favorite in aew at least greatest wrestler or favorite wrestler would be tough because just there's so many good wrestlers right now but i think he should be at least in i would be totally fine if he was in the conversation because he should be in the conversation i feel like yeah definitely definitely i i'm completely with you on that on that um, it's just, he's just one of those people. He, it was, he, I had the same moment with him that I had with Ray Phoenix. It was just like, every time this dude's in the ring, I'm in awe. I think he might be one of my favorite wrestlers. And it, it just like, and it would just hit me like that. Cause you know, Cody, it's his whole presentation and everything like that. FTR. I love the old school style. They work, but it's just some people. It's like, Whenever they say they're going to be in a match, you immediately get excited, and Pac is definitely at the top of that list when it comes to that. Yeah. Now, moving on, we had Tony Schiavone interviewing Darby Allen and Sting, and Darby was fully just, like, tired of this. He went totally Blanchard. You want to say Sting is riding my coattails? Sean Spears, listen to me, you generic piece of shit. Without Tully, you are absolutely nothing. Sting gets on the mic and talks about... How Tully, didn't you ride on the tail of slick tales of slick Rick for many, many years? What about Arn Anderson? And talks about how they want to do it right here in Cincy. And Tully comes out saying, Look at the two of you. Two on one, that's what you want. You always like the number get numbers game. And then uh while he's talking about everything, uh Darby Allen uh gets hit from behind uh, well not hit by behind he gets taken out from behind quietly while Tully's got Sting's attention and then Spears hits the C4 Death Valley driver on Darby on the on the arena floor and then uh Tully goes you better be a, a little bit more aware when one of your guys gets taken down Sting looks for uh uh for Sean Spears and looks for everyone he's already out of the crowd and um uh, yeah, they just outsmarted Sting. Derby got beat up because of it. Um, and yeah, it's 
this was a good segment. I, if we're really going down the route of Tully versus Sting, I mean, okay. I don't know about that, but like, this does a good thing of getting Sting and uh, Tully going at each other. I just like the match is what's got me concerned. I don't think we're going to actually get Sting and Tully maybe in a match, but I don't think they're going to be in the ring very much. And you know what I mean? It's just going to be like, it's there for the nostalgia. It's there to get a crowd pop, but it's not there. Uh, it, you know, it's not there to, uh, it's not there to put on a, like a five-star match. They've always been good at using their legends. Just look how Sting has been used. The one match Tully was in just, they, they are good at protecting their legends. And so, like, if this was happening somewhere else, and we all know where I'm talking about, but I'm not going to say it, but if this was happening somewhere else, you would have a legitimate concern. Because they might do a buckle bomb on, you know, a 60-year-old man, and, you know, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. They're going to protect their guys. Yeah, and they should. They really should. But... Anyway, moving on from this, we had a video package with Adam Cole and Brian Danielson just going about these two guys and how they uh, are in AEW. Um, Adam Cole once again saying, I trust Kenny Omega with my life and he trusts me. I trust, but he did say he trusts the Young Bucks with my life and they trust me in this video package, though, I would say. so. No, the whole- and, and the person that he's been leaving out is the Good Brothers. Oh, the good brothers. Yeah, because I thought, you, I thought you meant the young brothers. Yeah, no, the young no. Brothers are the ones that killed him. They're the ones that killed him. Okay, and I was look. They got confused in my statement. I was just saying he keeps leaving the good brothers out when he okay. talks about who he trusts and who he loves. He leaves the good brothers out, and it's just like maybe it might not be enough room for them in the elite. Possibly now, you know, the elite is complete, but it might be a little. It might be a little. Too heavy, if you get what I mean. Yeah, seemingly so. Um, <laughs> Brian Danielson is told, well, well, Adam Cole talks about how Christian and Brian Danielson are special. There's a reason why the people respect them so much. But the difference is they think they're going to be able to keep up with guys like me. I'm not even in my prime yet, and I will wipe the floor with Brian Danielson. And then Brian Danielson's response in his segment was talking about how the the way the elite acts, the way the elite dresses. Sounds like to me uh, there are people who are insecure. So I'm not exactly going after all of the elite. I'm going after one member, and it's Kenny Omega. I know how great Kenny is. I've seen how great he is. I've heard about how great he is. But I just want to get in the ring and wrestle. I would love for it to be Kenny. I would love for him to be my first match. If he doesn't want to step up, there'll be somebody else. And Everybody and, in AEW is hungry, so let's go. And shout out to... Uh... Uh, shout out to um, Adam Cole for stepping his shoe game up. You can't come in there with some weak ass shoes. You got to come with the Jordans. He came with the Jordans at the uh, game day, and it was like they had the best shoe game in the world. Uh, yeah. So hold on, just a second. Keep talking, sir. Yep. Well, we'll move quickly into the trios match between uh, AW Women's Champion Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel versus Chris Statlander, Rio, and Ruby Soho. Continuing off of Dynamite after the breakdown that happened at the end of the Soho-Jamie Hayter match. Um, this was really good, too. I mean, you got to see all th- all six of these girls in action. Um, and, like, well, I think we give um, 
Rebel more of a of a valet response. I think she does show that she can still wrestle. Um, but these three are all really, really good. Um, I enjoyed this match. I think this was good. Once again, uh, Ruby Soho was able to get the pin, and Rebel was the one who was 100% going to take the fall. Uh, Pele Kick gets the win. Honestly, the fact that the Pele Kick is going to be her finisher, it seems like, uh, is kind of cool. I dig that. But, um, yeah, another big win for Ruby Soho. Once again, really going after uh, Dr. Britt Baker with this one. Uh, I love that we got to see Chris and Riho team. I didn't think we'd actually get to see them on the, on the same team together. But this was cool. This was a nice trios match um, with uh, everyone I think that the fans are 100% behind. So, yeah, I think I don't really got much else to say about this. This was good. All right, yeah, this uh, trios match, uh, I just thought it was I thought it was really well done. Uh, you know, you had three people on one side that were strong and then you had Britt with her two basically pen eaters. So you didn't know who was going to end the pen. It made sense that it was, uh, Reba, AKA rebel. Uh, cause you know, that just made sense for her to be the one that uh, loses the match. Ruby Soho getting the, uh, pin was perfect. I thought Rio was really good in the match. Uh, stat, you know, she was fine. You know, it's just like you can kind of get lost in the shuffle. So, uh, yeah, I just thought it was a really good match. Uh, I was going to bring this up. They kind of reverse shoot Rampage. And it's it's so interesting to me because they basically do the main event first and then work backwards. Yeah, it seems that way a little bit. Yeah, and it's just like, like, for me, it's just like it's such a different way to watch TV. Because, you you know, I think people are going to get that and they're going to start checking out after the first match. So uh, my, I think the end of the show is going to have to be a little stronger. I don't think Brian Pillman and Max Caster can be your main event. Yeah. yeah. Which, let's, I mean, let's it's in Cincinnati. I get that, but I don't think it can be your main event yeah let's get to that um because honestly this was a an interesting choice for main event uh max cassiter versus brian pillman jr for the main event um which i mean we haven't seen max cassiter wrestle on dynamite in a, or, or on television i should say for a very long time um and brian pillman jr would wrestle in a singles match um they had a good response uh crowd reaction for for brian pillman jr um which was good i think Max Cassiter did really good good as well. I, I mean, people forget before that whole one rap that he got in trouble for. Um, like, Cassiter was building up a good set, like, good head of steam when it came to, like, how he was building up an AEW. And I think, like, he had, like, because of that now, he's, like, kind of had to regain the momentum that he had. But, like, he still is good, I honestly think. Um Anthony Bowens does really good just like being his hype man and really good at um, playing the guy on the outside to really mess with the match so that Max Cassiter can do like uh, evil things. Um, the match would end up finishing uh, with Brian Pillman getting the win um, after uh, Cassiter tried to get the uh, mic drop elbow off the top rope. And um, yeah, Brian Pillman Jr. wins he, the match. He won with Air Pillman. Which is yeah, the he most won of, with Air Pillman. Uh, which is, you know, his dad's move, which I thought was kind of cool. And again, it was in Cincinnati. So I do see in a lot of ways why it makes sense 
that uh, I do see in a lot of ways why it makes sense that he was quote unquote the main event, you know, because you get this feel good moment as you go off on the air. It's like, that's all great, but it's just like for a casual fan, they see Brian Pillman versus Max Caster as the main event. It's like, am I watching Dark? Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, it just kind of felt like it was backwards a little bit. Um, I don't mind it being the main event. It made sense. And plus, it finished the match finished with uh, uh, Bowens coming out, blindsiding Pillman. They beat up on Brian Pillman Jr. Then John Moxley comes out to even the odds. So that that was at least a way to kind of, like, send the crowd home, like, with, with, a, with, a, with one of the top guys in AEW. Um, aligning himself and like giving a, a little rub to uh, Brian Pillman Jr., which I think is great. Um, we may be getting uh, stuff with uh, Moxley doing stuff with the acclaimed possibly in the future. But um, regardless of that, um, this was a this was a, a good match, a good sh- uh, AW Rampage. Um, but it really felt like that Pack and Andrade match to the main event of the show. It really felt like it, and I think just because the finish was going to be the show was going to end with Andrade pushing and knocking down uh, Chavo. Um, I guess they wanted something with a little bit more of a bang to finish off, and John Moxley was who they wanted to like send the crowd home happy. I get that, but like I don't know, man. The match just felt like it was big enough that it should have ended the show. Because <laughs> the one thing Tony said, and this is just straight from Tony Khan, uh, is that it was going to be equally a good a show as Dynamite. I, I can't say I believe that so far. I mean, the punk thing happening, that was great. But really, after the first match, it was just like the middle match was good. But I think you would need to end with a stronger match. Yeah. And I think that even that if, happened- even if you reverse them to a point, I don't know. But it's still it just felt it, it feels it feels like the B show. A little bit, yeah, just a little bit, and I like I know they don't want it to be like that, and they gave us a really great match to to be on this on that show, but um, and again, it's still the show that CM Punk returned to and all that, but like we got to see a lot more of like like Dynamite level stuff because like I mean, especially if they're gonna go ahead and move Dynamite to TBS, like the plan is stating, like. We're going to need to really make sure that, like, Rampage is doing its job if it's going to be the TNT t- show. And down the line, um, Dynamite's going to be the TBS show because, like, we don't want to, like, kill the audience that we already have, like, that are that don't switch over to TBS and stuff like that. So, I don't know. It's it's a weird kind of, like, parallel to be in the middle of. I don't think it's, a like, a, like a sound the alarms issue, but I think it's something that could be addressed, hopefully. So. I, I'm just saying, as, like, diehard AEW fan, you know, diehard, I watch everything. I, I'm just saying, you know, that's a dark main event. That's me saying it as a person that will yes. pretty much excuse anything AEW does. You just put a dark or dark elevation main event on as the main event of your supposed 1A show, A1 show, the it's like no, that's that that made it your B show right there. Like uh Pillman hasn't reached main event status yet. Max Caster even though uh Max Caster even when even though he is uh like came back leaving more over after leave like the being suspended for the rap actually seemed to make him more over. And that's all great. 
But it's just like, yeah, they're not ready for that spot yet. I'm just, like I said, I'm just trying to be like, I'm not impartial because I don't claim impartial, but I'm just trying to give a fair criticism. Yes. <laughs> but that was AEW Rampage, though. So I think we can move in real quick. We'll do our, our preview for AEW uh, for this week. I've, all these matches have been confirmed for Rampage, for Dynamite, right? This isn't on Rampage or some of this these is, matches on Rampage. These this are all, all Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah. This is all Dynamite. So we have confer- confirmation that CM Punk is going to be on commentary for this episode of Dynamite. We're going to get Jade Cargill in action against Layla Hirsch, which I think is going to be a banger. Sean Spears faces off against Darby Allen in a singles match. Adam Cole makes his singles debut on AEW Dynamite, having his first match in AEW. He faces the elite hunter, Frankie Kazarian. And Brian Danielson will be addressing Kenny Omega. So pretty damn stacked, if you say, if I say so myself, uh, man, this episode I, of Dynamite. I, I'm really excited about the Jade Cargo match. I saw a match with Layla and Camille. Uh, at NWA show, and I seem like this is going to be like a very similar match just because of the uh, height differences. And I thought Layla did a really good job. I really want to see how Jay kind of adjusts to someone so small as far as how they work together. I think it, it can be it can be good, or it could be really, really, really bad. Yeah, but I I have high hopes for it. Uh, no, I have hope. I have high hopes because I just think there's enough veteran presence in the locker room to kind of walk them through to get a good match out of them. But I was just like, man, the contrast and height with Jade being so green. I mean, if everything doesn't line up right, it it could fall off the rails. Yeah, a little bit, but. We have one little uh, headline that we can talk about uh, in our uh, side news stuff. Uh, We'll talk about that real quick, and then we'll wrap up the show. Okay. Uh, Let's see. What was my headline? I actually got a couple. I got a couple headlines. First, uh, now dark. Not Elevation. Elevation will still be recorded, apparently, like before the shows, before uh, Dynamite and stuff like that. And when they do Rampage Live, you'll still get Elevation. But Dark is now being recorded in a studio uh, at the Universal Studios in Florida. I'm guessing it's the it's just you pay with the admission like you did with the whole Impact. There's a morning session and an evening session. Uh, they had a bunch of matches this week. I'm not giving like any. I don't have any spoilers because I actually muted the people that give spoilers away. But it looks like everybody wrestled. They used a lot of independent talent, like a lot of names that just got you know released from the NXT contractor all there. So it looks like it's going to be a very exciting show. So that's the next thing on my AEW list. I want to go to one of those tapings. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up, but I did not put on the list, is like Dynamite last week, the the Fallout show. 1.3 million viewers. And the biggest thing is that it beat Raw in the 18 to 49 demo with a 0.453 rating, 681,000 people to 678,000 people. So by 3,000, it's barely, it's basically a tie. I mean, but, you know, as the AEW fan, you know, we're not calling it a tie. We're, yeah, uh, no. Yeah, we're, we're, we're taking our victory lap because less than three years in, they were able to take care of that. Yeah, and like hell, I mean, like 
I wouldn't even say they necessarily did it in response to them losing uh, the demos last week, but like, hell, they they let they had Big E win the WWE Championship on the next week of Raw. So I mean, no, like, no, no, that I know I, it wasn't a response. No, no, it's I, a, it I a think response. it was a I think it was a complete response. Oh, you think so? No, he announced. When is the last time anyone? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yes. I didn't think yeah, the whole Twitter response thing. I was like, wow, we're really doing this, like just announcing it on Twitter. Yeah, they announced it on Twitter. They wanted to build as much buzz. I think it was a combination of things. They lost in the ratings, and Monday Night Football started tonight. Yeah, there's two things I think. Yeah, I, I, think I don't think either one. I don't think either one exclusively, but the combination. Because you, you, let's say you're USA, right? USA, you're paying for WWE Raw's demo rating, and you're like, we're paying two hundred million dollars a year. Then you got TNT over there getting similar numbers for $45 million a year. You kind of feel like you're getting screwed, right? Just a little bit. I'm just going to say that. I'm just like, I, I mean, this is not about AEW and WWE. This is about just value, you know, just value. It's like you go to the store and you say, hey, I, you know, I need this pad of paper. Let's just use that as an example. And they say, hey, Floyd, here's 200, uh, here's 200 sheets of paper for a dollar. Right. And then the person comes behind me and they say, man, here's 200 uh, sheets of paper for a quarter. I'm going to be pissed because <laughs> I just paid more for the same amount of paper. And I know, I know this is a very rudimentary uh, thing that I'm using, but I wanted to keep it fairly simple. It's just like. They're literally paying, uh, TNT is literally paying a fifth per year of what WWE is paying and getting the same results. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a statement in itself. <laughs> and that's what I'm like. It's just like, yeah, you know, professional wrestling. But, yeah, I, I do think there was some like, hey, we got to make this happen. I will tell you, the first beginning of the show was good. The end of the show is good. The middle of the show is a slog. And I will tell anybody as a person that will never stop watching WWE, I tell that people that all the time, they would basically have to say we hate Floyd Johnson on screen or like making a personal tag towards me for me to start watching. I don't have a problem with the top storylines in the WWE. The reason I want to turn the channel is because of everything else. Yeah, it's the mid card stuff, dude. Yeah, it's like it's not interesting. What's the what's the one thing that everybody <laughs> says about AEW? I mean, uh, the one thing that everyone said about the Attitude Era in like how it made AEW, I mean, it made WWE so good. It's the simple fact that guys like the mid card was stacked. Like everyone was doing something. Like everybody was, was a star. Yes. It, when it was like when the Dudleys came out and the Hardys came out. Third match at the, from the beginning of the show, they were getting cheered so loud. It, 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 I mean, and it, then of course Stone Cold and The Rock went nuclear, but it was just like every part of the show was interesting, and it's just we're not at that point yet. And it's like that's what I put my finger on tonight. It's like I don't hate the beginning of the show. I don't hate. I don't hate the Roman Reigns stuff on SmackDown. I love it. I think it's some of the best things in wrestling. I just hate everything else. 
Yeah, that's that's really all that it comes to. <laughs> it's really. like it's like nothing else is interesting. So they just got to get back to that. Uh, but yeah, I, I you know of course WWE does the thing to panic, and they did a title change. They did this. It'll probably pop a number, but it doesn't address the bigger problem. And I but I do love that Big E is WWE champion, uh, and he won it in Kofi's hometown. Hell yeah! Honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty dope. And so I'm just like, you know, I know, again, not a WWE, but we're talking about the ratings from the shows. And it's just like AEW, what they do good is they just do them. You know what I mean? They don't hot shot anything. They just they have they seem to have a plan and they stick with it. And if the plan sucks, they pivot. But it's not this huge, noticeable pivot. It's just. Oh, okay, this is bad. Let's go ahead and end this storyline and move on to the next thing. And that just make it ma- it makes it more natural. Yeah. Like the last thing they just killed was I think like completely just destroyed was the Nightmare Collective. Yes. That was the last thing they just said. This sucked. Uh, 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 Brandy burned it all and said this is stupid basically and went on. But that was the last thing that they had to do that to. Truly, yeah. But I will say, too, um, as somebody who uh, has been to Universal Studios and uh, unfortunately never got to go see an Impact uh, taping there, um, despite the fact that I wasn't a huge Impact fan at the time, I was like, it would have been cool to watch wrestling at uh, Universal Studios. Um, I am itching for the chance that I go to Universal Studios and have AEW tapings happening, happening when I'm there. Uh, because I wanted to go to Universal Halloween, Halloween Horror Nights this year. Couldn't happen because of work. Uh, I would have gone if I didn't have work, uh, but hey, I got a job now, so that make, that's honestly a little bit better than going to Halloween Horror Nights by a little bit, just by hey, a little bit. Harry Potter World and wrestling in the same day would kind of be my ultimate day. It's, I, I mean, I can't think of anything better. And with, it being, <laughs> with it being AEW, it's even better. Yeah, that's what I'm just like. I just like, I, I you know, I. Um, some of you may know I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd. Love the love it, and it's just like be able to do that, have some butter beer and breakfast in the morning. Then like, oh, what are you doing with your afternoon? Oh, I'm I'm going to watch four hours of professional wrestlers with out with some of my favorite wrestlers. You know, I love it. You know, that would be pretty dope. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be have to be one of those things where I have to know in advance, and then I could probably make it happen. Exactly, but I think that's going to wrap it up on this episode of All Things Elite. Um, Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Sorry if I was too loud with my shouting. I've slightly cooled down now um, from my fantasy football rage, but we really do appreciate you guys listening to the podcast, um, and thank you guys for sticking with us all, all these episodes um, remember, guys, continue to download the episode on uh, the podcast on Google or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform. You can give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Leave a rating, leave a review. You can be so amazing and leave a donation through Red Circle on Twitter. We are at AT Elite Pod at Social Suplex. So the guys that make this show possible, check out all their other shows on their network. And I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And while I go find Kyle Shanahan's car and key it repeatedly, I will let Floyd go ahead and take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. Yes, uh, this is a great time to be a wrestling fan. This is a great time to be a sports fan. Football's in full, full full-fledged. Baseball's heading towards dirt. 
downstretch. But man, there's so much good wrestling on. Support all the wrestling you can. Whether it be local, independent, WWE, AEW, New Japan, supported all. Uh, apparently, the ROH's uh, Death Before Dishonor was a really, really good show on Sunday night. Go to ROH and check that out. I'm just like, just in a really good mood. And just, uh, you know, I'm just in a really good mood because wrestling puts me in a good mood. Great wrestling puts me in a great mood. Big E being the champion puts me in a good mood. So, I want to share that all with you. Try to be the light in the world for the people around you. And whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.